Welcome to the Home Staging Show podcast, the show where we deep dive into the world of home staging and how to build a viable home staging business. I'm your host, Nilin, and in each episode, we explore the latest trends, strategies, and art of building a vibrant and thriving home staging business. Welcome back. This is episode 176. Before we start the show today, here is a message from our sponsor. We all need powerful statistics to convince potential clients of the benefits of home staging. Stageflow takes away the pain of having to filter spreadsheets or doing calculations. You enter what you know about every sale of the homes that you've staged and let Stageflow do the rest. Easy, real-time statistics for the home staging market. Hey, welcome back to another exciting episode of the Home Staging Show. Happy July. I've got a freebie for you this week, which is a quick free training on mid-year review. It's going to help you review different aspects of your home staging business so you can readjust your goals and redefine your strategies for the next six months. We still got six months to go for the year, so you can still make your revenue goal happen and everything else too. This is a video training. I also got worksheet for you to do. Within the worksheet, you can assess what you need to work on and how can you develop strategies to work on and further those systems for your home staging business. You can watch the video training for free and download the worksheets by going to stagemore.com slash midyear. I'm also absolutely thrilled to announce that we're finally back on track with our podcast publishing schedule. It has taken us some time and a lot of interviews, so I'm finally, finally so thrilled to be able to find a great podcast editor who shares our company values and also able to work like a collaborator, helping me grow the podcast so we can do more fun things on the show and get better guests as we move further along. Before we dive into today's episode, I just want to give you a quick reminder. The early bird ticket for this year's StagerCon is going to be ending in just a couple of days. After that, the ticket price is going to go up all the way up to the at-the-door price on the day of the conference, which is 14th through the 17th. This year's theme is centering around building multiple streams of income for home stagers, and I feel like this is a really great topic, especially we're coming out of COVID. Like it or not, we all have been impacted by the pandemic. It has changed the way we do our businesses. I think for a lot of us, we also think about pivoting, right? Because that was kind of the necessary choice to really survive during lockdown when we can't actually physically go on job sites. So this is why I decide this year's conference theme is multiple streams of income. Our ultimate goal for you is to inspire you to explore and implement various revenue streams within your staging business. We understand that staging can be cyclical at times, right? Like for us, our home staging business, we were busy between March through October. And once Halloween hits and things start quieting down, then we have downtime for a few months during the winter months. But we still need income, especially for those of us who have team members, because they're not going to get paid on goodwill. They expect actual paychecks. So it's really important for us as business owners to start thinking about building different streams of revenue so that we can add back into our staging business and reinvest the profit for growth. This is why having additional income sources can contribute significantly to stabilizing your overall earnings so that you can reinvest those profits and grow your staging business. If you haven't been to StagerCon yet, our format is also a little bit different than most real estate or staging conferences. We usually have the speaker to teach for an hour. It's an on-demand session that we're going to release at the scheduled time. 
And then the speaker is going to join you live on Zoom for a group live Q and A. So this way you can deep dive into the topics instead of just learning kind of the superficial stuff and getting overwhelmed by a very large number of sessions or speakers in the traditional conference format. We also want to build a very flexible conference experience, and this is why our conference is online. Like most of the things we do at the school, so no matter where you are in the world, you can take advantage of all the knowledge share at SagerCon. We really encourage you to attend live if you can, but we understand life gets in the way, work gets in the way, so you might want to catch a replay. When you buy a ticket this year, your replay is good for seven days, so you have time to catch up on SagerCon. Or if you want, you can upgrade to the VIP ticket, so you get twelve months of replay, but also a three month membership to our latest membership program, the Sagers Adventure Club, which you might have heard about in our previous episode. This is our new membership, and it's called the Sagers Adventure Club. As I feel like building a business is a lot like adventure; you just never know what's going to come around the corner. And this membership specifically is going to become the support in our signature courses as well. So if you sign up for our foundation course, you're going to get X number of months included in your membership to help you really build out your business and grow. This membership is going to include group coaching calls, marketing co-working sessions, additional talks and workshops, and there are quite a few different things I'm planning down the road as well. I'm actually in the process of getting someone to coach around finances for stagers and also someone for operations. So that is a total dream come true for me because I really want to build out a coaching team to be able to support you more in your journey of building your home staging business. We also have a really great lineup this year for SagerCon, and what I'm planning the theme for the programming, I really try to make things work together. In Michelle's session, you're gonna hear about how she uses video consultations to keep working during and after COVID. Through video consultation, she's able to get referrals from clients. She's able to get more work from clients who have moved away into other locations. She's even picked up renovation projects with her video consults. So it's actually a very powerful tool, an additional way you can add income into your business as well. And Ashley is also going to talk about consultation, and hers is a little bit different. She does a pay pre-sale consultation. She also offers color consultation. She even has done virtual color consultations in Australia when she's based in California. And in recent years, Ashley's business has also expanded into short-term rental as well. She's done projects in Hawaii, basically outside of her geographic area. So I think having the power to be able to do consultation remotely is going to add to your potential income source. Julie is going to talk about adding turnkey home styling to your staging services and her process of offering that service. She's also going to talk about how she layers different staging services and by having lots of streams of income makes her feel very safe with her staging business, which is something we really want to achieve through the conference this year is to show you different options and different ways of running your staging business. Jess is going to talk about how she leverages her warehouse for more income. She has identified key initiatives and strategies that effectively offset her overhead costs and also streamlining her processes and expenses. And I think a lot of times we focus on looking outward for adding additional streams of income, but both Julie and Jess use what they have internally to do so. What Julie is doing with turnkey home styling is essentially just leveraging her existing staging skills into another area, and Jess is using her own warehouse to generate additional income. So you don't have to reach out 
for building the additional streams of income. You can also look for what you already have and build upon that and layer different services too. And lastly, if you're thinking about expanding into short-term rentals like Airbnb staging or Verbal, we got two great sessions and speakers this year. This is a really hot topic, especially a lot of people are revenge traveling post-COVID. So short-term rental is a huge market. We got Margie, who's going to share her personal experiences and how she built her short-term rental staging side of business. And then Amy is going to talk about short-term rental and mid-term rental, which I'm really excited to learn more about myself. Mid-term rental is a really emerging market after COVID because now a lot of digital nomads want to stay in a place for a longer period of time than just a few days. So they're staying a few months, basically until their visa runs out. So we got a new market segment to explore, and I think that is pretty exciting. I myself is going to teach a session on building passive income through affiliate marketing. This is something I think could be very powerful. I mean, there's a lot of programs out there nowadays. Our school has one. It's basically a referral program. If you refer your friend to a course, for example, you can make 20 to 40% on commissions. And I think that's really attractive. The other thing too is this is something that you can really work into your staging business very easily, especially if you do short-term rental or design work. You can recommend product to your client and then also get affiliate income from that. So we're going to talk a little bit about what exactly is affiliate marketing and then also some of the things you want to know when you're offering affiliate marketing. For example, there's some legal restrictions around affiliate marketing. You might see it on Instagram as well when people have to disclose that is a pay ad. So that's a really good example of that. You want to make sure that while you're leveraging your influence for making more income, but at the same time, want to make sure that everything is good. Yeah. On today's show, we have an incredible guest joining us, Dr. Amanda. She's not only an articulate speaker, but also highly knowledgeable when it comes to addressing money mindset challenges. So get ready for a very insightful conversation packed with valuable information. The reason why I want to put the mindset episode now, because I think this is perfect timing, especially we have six months to go, is exactly, roughly exactly mid-year. And it's really important right now, you're not just giving up. You're like, oh my God, the the goals I set at the beginning of 2023 is really not happening. Actually, no, there's six more months for you to really push yourself through that. So I want to make sure that we give ourselves a mindset check. And then when you have time, go online, go on website, sagemore.com slash midyear to download that review worksheet and watch the session to start strategizing what you can do in the next six months to really change your staging business. Dr. Amanda is known as a money healer. She is the founder of NFA Money. She's a best-selling author, an international speaker, the host of the Women Entrepreneur Podcast, and the NFA Money YouTube channel. She's been featured on over 150 podcasts, sharing tips on how to up-level your money mindset to manifest easier money in your business. After going from food stamps to building a six-figure business fast, Dr. Amanda has been on a quest to teach entrepreneurs how to transform their relationship to money and skill from their zone of manifestation. Get free chapters of her book, IamAMoneyMagnetBook.com. And without further ado, let's jump right into the episode and welcome Dr. Amanda. Hi, Dr. Amanda. Welcome to the show. Can you tell us a little bit about yourself and your business? Hey, Cindy. Happy to be here. Yeah. You know, first, I like to always ask audience members how many times they already thought about money today. 
So, you know, for those of you who are listening, just scan your day and think, how many times did I think about money today already? And for most people, they're not really conscious of it, but they've thought about money many times already in the day, whether it's like spending money on the cup of coffee or something in their business or thinking about their kids and going to college. I mean, we think about money all the time. And so I love to work with people about money because it is something that runs our entire life. And we feel every feeling under the sun, we feel about money, sometimes fear and guilt and shame and uncertainty, sometimes elation and kind of this romanticized ideal about money, or we infatuate with it and think it's going to solve the whole problem. And so, you know, for me, I went from food stamps to six figures in my business fast. And so I really love to help people master their money mindset and cultivate this sense of inner power so that they can design a life and business that they love from a place of groundedness and feeling good. So I do zone of genius work and help people magnetize easier money their way. So yeah, lots of fun stories about how I got into business. That's amazing. How did you go from food stamps to six figures in a very short time frame? You know, I would say the first thing that I did was really own responsibility for where I was at. The way my journey started is that I was on the floor crying one night. I had left my 15-year marriage having an affair and my next relationship wasn't working. So I was sitting on this empty basement floor where my boyfriend had moved all of his stuff out. And I was in grad school earning my graduate degree and I had three kids and I was already on food stamps because I was trying to work my way through grad school, already working extra jobs and really struggling. And so when my boyfriend and I broke up, now here I am in this big house that I had to move out of and I'd spent the day on Craigslist looking for places and I couldn't afford anything. And so I was crying and I was scared and I was just sitting there feeling really sorry for myself. And in some ways I was looking around for people to blame. You know, I was kind of scanning my life going like, whose fault is this? (laughs) My parents or my ex-husband or, you know, all the people. And I realized like, oh, I'm the common denominator in my life. Like I've been the central person in every part of my life story. And so I sat up. And I had this thought, like, I'm done with this. I'm tired of this. I'm willing to do whatever it takes to have healthy relationships and make more money. And it was really cool because at the time, I didn't know anything about personal growth and development, really. And I thought, I'm really busy and I'm not sure what to do, but how about I just start listening to podcasts? And so I started listening to relationship podcasts and self-confidence and codependency and mindset. And it led me down this road to a whole bunch of great, coach type people who do podcasts. And as I was doing this, my department at the university I was at had this national news fallout where professors were leaving the department. And I thought, whoa, I don't want to be a professor anymore. This looks like a really stressful job, but I loved teaching. So I thought, hmm, maybe I could become a coach like all of those coaches I was learning from on podcasts. So I decided to take the leap when I finished my graduate degree and I went six figures in that first year. And I really attribute it to that moment of going, I'm willing to do whatever it takes and then taking the leap and learning everything that I could and really mastering my mindset. So, you know, shifting from that space of a victim mindset into radical responsibility. And that's really my philosophy in my company, NFA Money, which stands for no fooling around money. It's this idea that you are radically responsible for your reality. And when you blame other people, you lose all your power to change. And when you take full control and decide to be radically responsible, you develop this sense of inner power where you really can create anything that you choose. 
I love that. And I think it's a really good time to have you on the show because I've just been having a lot of one-on-ones with stagers who are successful in their business. They've been working for a long time and they feel stuck. They are super busy with work, but they feel burnt out. They're actually turning down work, which they don't want to do. They want to raise their prices, but they're scared that their clients will go away. So I'm really glad to have you on the show now to talk about money mindset. Can we start by talking about what exactly is a mindset for money and why is it critical to have that to grow and scale our staging businesses? First, just think about mindset in general. I teach by this principle of that everything in your outer world is a reflection of your inner world. So if you don't like what you're getting on the outside, you got to change what's within. And what's within is made up of your state of being. And your state of being is your thoughts, your beliefs, and your feelings. And what that does is creates a vibrational frequency that sends out a signal to the universe and brings back to you whatever signal you're sending out. So whatever it is that you're thinking about all day long, and whatever it is that you're believing causes you to feel certain ways, and that's what you just keep recreating in your outer world. And so in order for you to get what you want, you've got to start to change your state of being. And what most people don't know is that they live in a pretty constant state of stress and negativity. So on average, we have 60,000 thoughts a day. 90% of them are the same as yesterday. And up to 80% of those are negative. And we are really wired for survival because we're animals, right? And so in that survival state, we like to track our surroundings for threat to make sure we're safe. And so we actually need to choose to condition ourselves for positivity or for seeing opportunities or for seeing possibilities. And so it's interesting to work with people because, you know, most of us want certain things like a successful business. Let's say it's a six or seven figure business or whatever number it is for the people that are listening. Yet we have all of these unconscious beliefs. 95% of us is run by our subconscious. And so only 5% of us is conscious and it battles against itself. And I call this competing commitments. So 5% of you can consciously say, I want to have a really successful business. I want financial freedom. I want to get paid to do what I love. But then 95% of you has all of these beliefs that are stacked up over your life course that you started to have when you were a little kid telling you you're not good enough. You don't know what you're doing. You think money is the root of all evil, or maybe money causes stress in your mind, or you watch people fight about it or stress about it. And so you get this scarcity belief around money and that's battling against you wanting more money. And so in mindset work, what you're doing is mastering your mind by being mindful, by being conscious, and by understanding those subconscious beliefs that are holding you back. And so when we think about money mindset, it's your beliefs and ideas around money, your feelings about money that are either propelling you to really great success financially or holding you back and causing you to have this self-sabotage problem where every time you make money, you sabotage to get back down to a money set point that feels safe and comfortable to you unconsciously. Can you talk a little bit about what are some of the ways that we can catch ourselves when we start to sabotaging ourselves? What are the common blocks? How can we catch them and how can yeah. we work through them? Yeah. So the first thing you want to do, so I have an NFA money formula and it's three simple steps to follow. The hard part is catching yourself. So just like you're saying, so step number one is to recognize. Step number two is to reframe. And step number three is to repeat, to reprogram. So in this recognized part, you've got to choose to be mindful about how you feel. And the number one way you know that you're working against yourself is that you don't feel good. 
So if you're in a state of stress, you already know that you are resisting and you're causing a state of resistance for yourself. So you're not going to be able to attract and manifest easier money. And you know, if people have a charge about the word manifestation, all it means is goal accomplishment. It just means you have something that you want and you bring it into reality for yourself. That's just manifesting, right? The simplest way is thinking of this morning, I manifested my cup of tea because I decided I wanted it. And I went to the kitchen and actually got my husband to make it for me, <laughs> right? And I manifested my tea. We can manifest small things or big things. And the reason that we don't manifest instantaneously is because we have resistance. And that inner resistance is what causes us to take longer and longer to get the things we want or to sabotage once we get them. And so you will always know that you're in a state of subconscious resistance if you don't feel good. When you're in a state of joy, you're in a state of flow. When you're having fun building your business, things are flowing. When you get up every day and you go, I love what I'm doing in the world. I enjoy making money. I have people magnetized toward me easily. Like I have client attraction happening and they're paying me what I'm worth then you feel great. And you know that you're hundred percent magnetic to money. And so that first thing you want to do is just recognize how do I feel about what I'm doing in my business? Do I feel good? Do I feel stressed? Do I feel overwhelmed? Like you were saying, a lot of people start to get burnt out. And often this happens because they're over delivering and undercharging. So they're giving too many of their services away for free or low cost, and it's not a sustainable business model. And then they start to get burnt out and often either don't ever make the money they want to make can't go full time, don't make it successful or just give up altogether. And living in a state of burnout is not fun. I'm sure everyone listening has had that happen at some point in their lifetime. And it just is a miserable state to live in. And it's not a place where you're going to be able to attract easier money into your business. Yeah, I totally agree. I mean, burnout is really hard. I feel, especially once you're in it, it's almost like a hole you're trying to dig yourself out and it just gets worse. Yeah, totally. I have a book, it's called I'm a Money Magnet, the top 30 money-making after mantras to manifest more. So I'm a money magnet book.com talks about all these things we're talking about and burnout. Like you're saying burnout, the reason that it continues to cycle for people is because what happens is whatever you believe to be true is what you continue to create in your reality. And so if you're burnt out, you're sending out a signal to the universe that you're stressed and that you're overwhelmed. And when you're in a state of stress and overwhelm, it's not a time to be attracting. It's not a time to be creative, which in your business takes a lot of creativity, right? So your creativity drops, you start to feel tired and you send out a signal. I'm stressed. Don't send me anymore. The way to think about this is like, if you were in the forest and being chased by an animal, your brain goes into a certain state of stress and you send out a signal like, that is not a time to be creating something brand new and exciting, right? That's a time to lock down and go into survival mode. So what people don't realize is that when you live in this state of burnout and stress, you're sending the same exact signal. Your brain doesn't know the difference between it being real or false threat. It just knows that you feel stressed and you send that out and then you don't get easier opportunities. So you're making your outer world harder by reducing the amount of creativity and the amount of opportunities that come your way. And then you keep staying in that state. And so you wonder, people always go like, well, why does it have to be so hard for me? And we create that for ourselves. And so a really simple strategy to start to shift it is to do energy check-ins with yourself and just to start to ask yourself, how do I feel right now? I like to train people for habits-based changes because our subconscious is programmed through repeated behaviors, which is habits. So one thing you can do is set an alarm on your phone 
and just say energy check-in and set it for every hour. If you have clients and stuff that you're working with, you might not be able to do this, but set it every morning for the times of the day that you know you can be reminded and say energy check-in. And when you do this energy check-in, you just slow down and you go, how do I feel right now? Why do I feel this way? Am I worried about the future? Am I being present? And how do I choose to feel? And then just up-level your feelings, even if it's just for a couple minutes and you start to habitually do this, over time, you start to feel better and you want to do things that make you feel good. So if you're in a state of burnout, you got to start intentionally looking for things that make you feel good. It might just be listening to a high vibe song that makes you feel happy on the way to your job right? It might be listening to music while you make breakfast for the kids. It might be writing in your journal for five minutes. It might be dancing around your living room, whatever it is that makes you feel high vibe. You want to get into that state because your feelings are what magnetize your life to you and the reality that you have. Does that make sense? Yeah, it makes total sense. I think it's interesting because you talk about feelings a lot, right? It's like, how do we feel? And I find it really interesting. It's like how we feel really comes out through what is happening around our world. Because how you're feeling probably affects how you're engaging with other people. So if you're constantly in a state of stress you're probably like that with your clients and your clients can sense it. They don't feel very good with their interaction with you. They can't pinpoint why but they know they don't feel good. So they don't want to work with you again. It becomes a vicious cycle, right? So it's interesting. You talk a lot about the energy work. I know it's very woo-woo, but it is true. It does affect how we present ourselves to the world. Yeah. Yeah. And this is the interesting thing. I love that you said this because it is very woo-woo and it also is quantum physics and it's universal laws, right? So when we look at our energy, they can now measure your energy. Like we have a field that comes out from our heart of energy that we can measure and our frequency is measurable now. The simplest way to think about this for people who don't want to go the woo-woo direction, if we look at science, it's like, and then think about it in a realistic perspective. Imagine when someone walks in the room and they're grumpy and you instantly just know it, you can read people's feelings, right? And just like you said, it's invisible. It's not like you're sitting there. Some people aren't thinking about this at all. They just feel it in themselves. And so when a grumpy person walks in the room or a stressed person walks in the room, you tend to want to repel away against them. When a happy person who's smiling and has high vibe comes into the room, you want to engage with them. So in sales, absolutely. We can invisibly read that. And another example of this is if someone's really desperate about getting a sale, you feel it and you feel like something's off in the exchange. And so it makes sales really challenging. And and then you're going into it desperate. You're thinking, I really need this money. And then you send that vibe. And then the people are like, I don't want to work with you. And they might not even know why themselves. They just don't want to because it doesn't feel good. Right. And so it's a really powerful way to start to think, hey, if I even just get myself to feel good the five minutes before I meet with someone new by listening to music and seeing what that does, I've trained clients before. It's been so fun to just train them five minutes before you go into a consult raise your vibe by doing, you know, they have their own list of things that makes them feel good. They do that. And then they meet with someone and their sales dramatically increase. And it's exactly like you're saying, it's because people can sense that we're much more intuitive than we think or know. That's so interesting. You have said that burnout is really contributed by over delivering and undercharging. So I want to dive in a little bit more on both. As service owners, and also I think as women, we tend to want to over-deliver. That's kind of our nature. It's almost ingrained with our training in society, right? But also because we're service-based business owner, we definitely want to over-deliver. 
how can we balance that and not burn ourselves out in the process of doing that? It's such a great point you make. And it's so true. Like women generally are much more conditioned and socialized to be givers and play smaller and expect less and negotiate for lower prices. And we really create a bad situation for ourselves to get stuck in burnout. I have four stages of business development that it's called the business scaling roadmap, and it's leading to the zone of manifestation. So for people who aren't, well, we can just say it's leading to the zone of ultimate success. <laughs> and so if they want to hear that on my woman entrepreneur podcast, just go to episode number three of the woman entrepreneur podcast. It's awesome because when I walk people through this, they're like, oh my God, I can definitely identify where I am in this. So in stage one, it's called manic imposter zone. And what that means is you're super excited about starting a business. You've got all the fun ideas flowing and the creativity, but you feel you don't know what you're doing because you haven't built a business before potentially, or this specific business even. And then you move into zone two, which is that over deliver and undercharge zone where you devalue yourself. You don't really have clear brand identity you have scattered services that you offer. In this case, it could be working with too many different types of clients and not getting clear on who you really want to serve. And so people don't really know what you stand for. And then as you move up and start to go like, okay, I got to get clear on my brand identity and I got to start charging more. You go into zone three, which is valuing yourself more. This is where you start to delegate effectively. And you realize like, I'm not going to be able to scale my business if I'm doing everything and I'm burnt out. And then in zone four, you move into the zone of manifestation station or the zone of ultimate success where you have clients flowing, you know, your brand identity, you have a team that is perfectly aligned for you. It's flowing, money is growing and you really enjoy what you're doing. So you're doing work in your zone of genius. And so when you're in that stage of burnout and you're over delivering and undercharging, first, you got to recognize it. You've got to go, Hey, I've got to decide, am I willing to up my prices? And that means you got to find the right market for the prices that you are deciding to charge. Sometimes that means a pivot in who you're marketing to. And sometimes it just means a pivot within yourself. We tend to project our money blocks onto other people. So we think whatever our mindset is around money, we think other people believe those same thoughts about money, which is just not true. And the interesting thing with the way of the law of attraction works is that if you believe that to be true, you look for evidence consciously and unconsciously to prove it to be true. So you'll attract clients who think the same way you do. And you go, oh, people aren't willing to pay this. And so you attract people who tell you they can't pay for it or they don't have enough money for your services. <laughs> and so you really want to start playing with these dynamics of digging into your money beliefs and asking yourself, what am I worth? How can I raise my worth? And sometimes for people, it's self-confidence work. It's money mindset work. It's you deciding. And the way I like to play with it is just you go to your next client. Let's say you have a client that you successfully served and you realize at the end of that job, you go, Hmm, I didn't quite make the amount of money I wanted to make. And so you up it by 25% at the next consult and just put it out there and see what happens. And it's fun when you realize that you change the price, but nothing else changed. And the people still say yes. And you go, oh, wow. So I was really undervaluing myself at this last job. And so it's playing with it. It's starting to stretch your comfort zone of the way that you ask for money and how much money you ask for. So that's one practical, actionable strategy that people can test out. Yeah, I do think there's a lot of fear around losing money because that's probably the number one excuse I hear from stagers when we're in the process of coaching. So for example, we do a week-long retreat in Italy in September. And it's essentially to reset the business, to really get yourself back on track. Like, what do you want for your business? Most of the time we're working in our business, we lose track 
of what we want, right? And then so we don't really take the time to roadmap out our business. We're not really focusing on what are the key milestones to really push the business forward a year or three years or five years from now. We're just focusing on now, like what's going to happen this week or today or tomorrow. So over time, it's really easy to get burned out because you're not working towards a goal that you want to accomplish. You're just trying to put out fires every single day. Mm-hmm. And But obviously, there's a lot of things that also may come into play. So like on the retreat, for example, we talk about building systems, building team to really support that expansion. But the number one excuse I hear most often from stagers who really need that reset, I can see it from their business and from what they're telling me. But they're like, well, I can't walk away from the business for a week. Like I can't work then for that whole week. But the thing is, I also feel like in a way, for me, if I want to really truly grow my business, the question should be, how do I find a way to be away from my business for a week so I can focus on the long-term goal for my business and set up the foundation for it and then come back fresh and pushing the business forward instead of really trying to focus like, oh my God, like what do I do for that week when I'm gone? Well, the question should be, how do I set up my business so I can be away for a week or two or four if I want a vacation like a European, right? So so I do hear a lot of resistance towards the idea of losing money or the idea of raising their prices too. You know, a lot of stagers I've been working with in one-on-one, they are very busy. They're turning down work, which they don't want to do. But usually that's a really strong signal, right? It's that you're not charging enough. So you're basically overbooked and then you're getting burned out or you're close to burnout or you're already burned out. You just don't know yet. And yeah. you feel tired and overwhelmed and you're not moving forward with your business for the long run. You're just surviving, essentially. Yeah. You're not building the business. So what can we do to remove that fear? It is very scary. Like, I like the idea of experimenting and testing, but I feel like some of my listeners might still feel that little bit of resistance in pushing it forward. What would you recommend? Yeah, you said so many things that I want to talk about. (laughs) First, you know, that absolutely it's a signal that you need to charge more. If you're turning business away because you're too booked in your schedule, up your prices, like, and delegate to a team. And so, you know, people are addicted to feeling bad and they're addicted to stress. And when you have the money block that money causes stress, you will tend to overwork and keep proving to yourself that money causes stress. It it seems counterintuitive, but so if you are having that issue in your business, you want to really sit down and get real with yourself and go, huh, what must I believe to be true to continue this pattern? What must I believe to be true to continue this pattern? And the, you know, this fear question you have this, there's no one quick answer. Like, oh, I can say this thing. And now you're fixed. It's a lifelong process to grow and develop. Fear is the, I I use this acronym that I created because it's so powerful to think about what fear actually is. It's the future expectation of awful results. So you're projecting a worry into the future that's not real. You could just as easily project awesomeness into the future and create it right? But instead, what you're doing is continuing to be addicted to your fear-based thinking instead of deciding to change and think new thoughts. And so there is no, you know, one pill solution to fear. You got to work on yourself. You got to do this kind of work. You've got to choose to grow and become a self-empowered person. Success leaves clues. If we look at all of the greatest minds of all time, and we look at the most successful people who we admire, they work on themselves every single day. 
It is an absolute requirement. And so, you know, I think it's like that concept of like, would you think that you have amazing, beautiful teeth at the end of your life if you brushed your teeth once a week? No. Why do we think that with our mindset? You know, would you have a a healthy body if you ate crappy food all week and never went to the gym except for once a week? No, you do it daily. You take care of your body daily. You got to take care of your mind daily. Fear is just a representation that you are out of alignment in your internal state of being. And so it's your job to decide to go, hey, what do I really want? Do I want to keep feeling like crap in my life and business or do I want to feel really good and empowered? Well, then I'm going to do what it takes to start to play with understanding why I'm stuck in this fear state, because otherwise you're just going to keep recreating a business that you don't like. You know, I tell people often, like, why are you creating a prison out of your business? You're the one creating that. No one told you you had to create it that way, right? You could create a wild success story, or you can create a prison that makes you feel like crap, right? (laughs) And so it's a choice. It's always a choice. And people don't love to hear that because they want a quick, easy fix. And the truth is the quick, easy fix is you realizing that you're the radical, responsible creator of your reality. And now you get to choose, okay, what are the tools and resources that I'm going to access to become the most empowered person that I can be and create my life from a state of inner power? Yeah, I totally hear you. I think it does feel frustrating at times coming from the education standpoint, because you do see clients who are in need of those mindset changes, but they're not willing to make that change yet. I remember Mm -hmm. once I had a conversation with a student and then she was just like, I really need help. Like I really need team to help me. I'm a one woman show and I'm exhausted and I had a car accident. I can't work physically and it's really frustrating. And so I was like, you know, you really need to put in the time to set up your systems and find those supportive team members that are going to help you to expand your business or at least take on the workload that you have right now so you can be free up doing the higher level things in your business. And she's like, yeah, everyone says that. And I was like, yeah, because it's true. It works. Like, you know, whether it's a five-figure business, six-figure or seven, eight, nine-figure business, every business that are successful has some sort of systems. They have a team, especially for us stagers, we are service-based business. So that means we are trading money with our time. And the only way we can scale our business essentially is adding more people, adding more qualified, the right team member to support the expansion. So yeah, I do feel a lot of times that students have resistance towards this. And it does feel challenging sometimes. I'm like, I I can see what you need, but you are the person need to be willing to make that change first. Yeah, definitely. Well, and that's that thing, like you're saying it when, when people are making that objection, questioning yourself, why I'm attracting people who are objecting to what I'm coaching them on. Right. So here's an example. It's like, for me, anytime someone shows up in my reality, I always know this is a lesson for me. some lesson. It's either a lesson of validation, like, cool, I'm on the right track, or it's a lesson of challenge where it's like, hmm, I need to make some adjustments in my inner state of being. (laughs) And so, you know, for everyone out there listening, your success is your choice. No one else's. And if you want to run a victim story about your surroundings and your history and all the things that got you where you are today, you're never going to get where you want to go. If you want to blame your past and you want to blame other people, you're going to stay stuck. No one else is in charge of your future except for you. And so that when you really get that, to me, I think it's it's interesting because people go two ways, right? When they really get that they're radically responsible for creating their future, they either go, oh crap, I've created a lot of stuff I don't like. And that is scary. 
or they go, oh, it's scary and awesome. That means I have the power to change it. And so, you know, I'm speaking to those people who go, awesome. I might be scared, but I have the power to change it. And if you feel a little like, I like the word niggle, it's like a little tickling when you hear those things, that's what you want. It doesn't take much for you to just have the spark of like, hey, I'm ready to change. Just take one next step. You don't need to know A to Z. You just need to know A to B. And then you take B to C and then you take C to D. And that's why great coaches are awesome. And these podcasts like this are amazing podcasts like mine, because they give you tips and tools and strategies and inspiration along the path. And then you can move as fast as you want. You can listen to one episode a year or read one book a year, or you can binge listen to 50 a day. It's up to you, (laughs) you know? And so, you know, I love to inspire people to get into that state of full inner power where they go, I'm ready. I'm going for it. There is the sky is the limit of information out there for me. How am I going to choose to access it to get what I want? And and I hope that everyone listening wants to lead a life that's fulfilling and use your business as a tool to get there. Business is awesome. It's a powerful mode of spiritual transformation, and it's a way to serve the world doing what you enjoy in your zone of genius. I think it's the greatest gift that you can give yourself. And it's not going to be successful by some sort of like magic pill dropping in your lap. You've got to be the one that decides to do it. Yeah, that's very true. You ultimately have to be the one that makes the change. So you have to decide that that's what you want and take responsibility yeah. for wanting it. And all that comes with it is basically adulting. <laughs> <laughs> yep. <laughs> it's so true. Yeah, it's deciding to lead your life from a place of maturity. Yeah. And I know like life, it's hard sometimes, you know, we went through a couple of years of pandemic, we're sort of still going through at least experiencing the aftershock and the impact after that. And a lot of our stagers who also are working full time and raising family. And so they might feel overwhelmed to even squeeze out time for self-development. Do you have any advice around that for people who are really busy with work life and like home life as well? Stop making excuses. (laughs) And I'll say this because I was in grad school. I was a single mom with three kids in grad school, working an extra job, teaching, reading three to five books a week, writing hundreds of pages of papers, grading papers, driving my kids four hours a day back and forth from school. And I still built a business that got to six figures in the first year. So everyone has 24 hours in a day. How you use those 24 hours is up to you. You can stay stuck forever and continue to run the story that you can't do it. And there's never enough time, or you can empower yourself and decide how to spend your time masterfully and get what you want. That's what I would say. (laughs) It's very true. Everyone only has 24 hours. That's very fair, right? So it's up to you how you want to spend those 24 hours. Yeah. Yeah. And I know it's harsh and I know people have hard things going on. Sometimes I did too. You know, I've had a very challenging life in many ways. And until I decided to do exactly what I'm sharing today, I would have stayed stuck forever because, you know, when you have, when you're stuck in that victim mindset, thinking that, that, you know, poor me, and I don't know how to do it. And I don't have enough time. You're justifying your limitations by making those excuses. And when you keep running that story in your mind, of course, you're going to keep recreating it. There's no other possibility. You're telling yourself this is true. So it's going to be true. And so you got to start to decide what kind of different story would I choose to create? What's possible if I just start to change my thinking 1% a day and then everything can change dramatically. I mean, I went from, you know, leaving my relationship in an affair, having no money, being on food stamps, facing homelessness, really, where I was like, I don't know where I'm going to live to 
great dear friends with my ex-husband. I'm married happily. I own a house on three quarters of an acre. My life is great. I got to six years in my business. It's growing and I love my life. And that's in five years, less than five years. You know, that's massive transformation in five years. Yeah. It's achievement in itself because most people probably are not able to do that. So, And anyone can, right? That's the cool thing. Anyone can. I'm not special in any way. I just chose it. I think a lot of times when it comes to growing and scaling our businesses, let's say we're at five figure now when it grow to six figure, how does a healthy money mindset play into that? Like what are some of the things that we can do to really attract the right clients into our business and then keep making sure that we have positivity going forward? I say choose a daily practice that's going to set you up for success. So my book is an awesome 30-day guide. So you, there's over 100 journaling questions. So if people just go to imamoneymagnetbook.com, they can get free chapters, test it out and see if it's a good fit for them. And then if they buy it, it's 30 days of journaling. And then I have, I don't know when this will be launching this episode, but I have a program that we're launching to have to help you with daily practices, morning routine. So a journaling prompt, a lesson and meditation in 15 minutes or less. And I highly recommend that every single person on the planet has a morning routine to set them up for success. Because remember the way that you align your energy is what you attract towards you. And so I love to help people get aligned in their energy with simple, actionable strategies. And so, you know, you want to be tapping into things that are going to up-level your vibe every day, consistently remembering that the only way to reprogram yourself conscious mind. So let go of that fear, let go of that addiction to burnout, let go of thinking you got to undercharge and over deliver. You've got to start to reprogram your brain through repetition. So you want to have a daily habit that's reprogramming your mindset and know that it's a lifelong journey. You know, like this isn't, like I said, it's not a one and done thing. It's not a once a week thing. It's a daily practice. The coolest thing is like, you can create anything you want. If you have a daily practice geared toward doing that, if you continue to do the, all the same things you've always been doing, you're always going to keep getting the same results. And so dedicate yourself to a daily practice. I don't, if it's not mine, that's fine. There are a lot of awesome programs out there. There's YouTube university, there's podcasts, there's books, there's workshops. I mean, the sky's the limit. Just dedicate yourself to one and do it every single day. Yeah. Like dieting and exercise. It's the same thing. We all have to put in the work for it. Unfortunately, there's no magic pill to do that very quickly. And make it a choice right? Because when we say we have to do something, we feel victimized by it. Make it a choice. Do you want to live a life that you're inspired by? Choose to nurture yourself. Choose to grow your mindset. Choose to master your mindset. Choose to master your time. Like make a choice that you matter enough to lead the most fulfilling life you possibly can. And what advice do you have for business owners who are struggling to set financial goals and creating a roadmap for their business growth? (laughs) We could do a whole day workshop on that question. (laughs) I would say, you know, if you're struggling to set goals, my solutions always go back to mindset first. I don't even set goals. It's a funny thing to say, but I help, I teach people how to set manifestation based goals because what most people do is they set goals and then use them as a torturing device to beat themselves up that they haven't gotten there. And that just causes more resistance and pushes the goal away. And so you got to be really conscious about the way you set goals and you got to know yourself well to know what is the right type of goal to set, especially money goals, because there's so much emotion attached to it. And so, you know, learn about yourself first, I make that your primary goal if you're struggling with money. 
I think that's the first place you need to go. It's not, the goal doesn't change you. You setting a new goal doesn't make you a better person. It just makes you actually probably beat yourself up more. <laughs> so you got to work on yourself first. That's actually very true, actually. It's like New Year resolution. I'm always like, I'm going to live a healthier life. And then <laughs> come May, I still haven't opened a yoga mat. Basically. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And so a trick here, when you're setting goals, ask yourself why you're setting the goal. What is it that you actually want by living a healthier life? Because that's so vague. We don't have any emotion to attach to it. And when we can attach emotion to something, it's a much more powerful force of inspiration and action than just setting kind of a willy nilly goal. That's like, that's broad, that, that's vague and, you know, fuzzy targets don't get hit. And it's because there's no emotion attached to it. You want to attach emotion to your goals. So it's like for me, when I was on food stamps and I wanted to get to six figures, I said in my first year, my goal was six figures. And at the time, I didn't know a lot about like quantum physics and manifestation. And I was a real intense goal setter. And I was one of those people that was like, I'm meeting this goal hell or high water. Like if I have to stay up for 20 hours a day to make that goal happen, I'll do it. <laughs> and it worked. And now I make money a lot more easily than that because now I go like, oh, let's learn how to make money the easiest way possible, not the hardest way by like cracking the whip on myself. Yet I had a lot of emotion attached to that goal. I was like, I got to feed my kids. I want to be successful. I was, I think I was proving myself, you know, it was like this thing of like six figures means I've made it somehow, you know? And so all of those emotions caused it to manifest. So when you have high charged emotions to something, that's what manifests. That's why fear is so problematic because when you have high charged fear attached to something, that's what you create. Yeah. And also I think fear actually makes you feel worse. So you actually don't perform at the peak level that you can be. And when you're talking, I just remember this feeling when we hit six figure, it, it took me a really long time. Like I struggled and I had a business coach that worked with me and I just feel like there's like a wall I can't scale for some reason. It just felt so hard at the time to go from five to six, but we worked on the story part and I really dive in and then got the clarity I, I needed essentially for my business for the longest time was having this wrong idea what a successful business should look like. Because both my parents own businesses. So I always thought, oh, my business needs to be successful. It should look like my father's who had mm -hmm. like tons of people working for him. He had like a commercial construction company. But for me, I actually realized I just want a very small operation. I'm a very simple and direct person. And I want my business to be like that as well. What I was doing actually was overcomplicating things, which I still do now running the school. Like I catch it and I refine the direction. But there are times when you have really no clarity of what you want. It's really difficult to achieve that goal simply because you had the wrong direction to begin with, right? But once... I got the clarity. It was really weird. It seemed like you're driving and then all of a sudden it's all green light. And you just feel like everything was clicking. All of a sudden clients just showed up. It's like the weirdest thing. <laughs> and so now when I'm working with stagers, the first thing we work on, like every single course that we have, it, we always start with mindset because we have to. If you come in in a negative way about your business, you're going to behave in a negative way and you're going to repel clients. They don't even know why. They just feel like it doesn't feel that good to talk to this person. So this is why like, I think mindset is actually very important in business because it really impacts the way we show up. 
it's so cool that you just validated some the three-step manifestation formula is number one, decide with clarity and certainty what you want. So that clarity piece is huge. Two, you just take steps in the direction. Three, let the universe bring you opportunities. So it's exactly what happened to you. That's quantum physics. That's manifestation. And so clarity is key. Another thing you said that's really interesting, you can't have clarity when you're a startup business without experimenting some. Like you have to experiment to get to the clarity. And so I think people get really hard on themselves thinking that they're just, they should know everything. And it doesn't work that way. Like in order for us to grow and learn, you got to experiment a little bit, right? You can get a coach that can help you get there faster. You still got to figure out your flavor, your brand, your identity, your zone of genius, how you really love to work with people, what your unique flair is. And that just takes some time, you know? So I think people have really unrealistic expectations stepping into business and then they start to get frustrated because they get impatient and the impatience causes resistance. The resistance takes long, makes it take longer and then they give up or they just burn out, you know? And so it's like, be easy on yourself and be realistic about it. it I kind of think about it as like, you know, if you were, let's say you're a hundred pounds overweight, and you expect to go to the gym and lose the hundred pounds in a week. Everyone knows that's not possible. So why do we go, oh my God, I'm going to start a business and it's going to be successful in a month or two months. Like that's not realistic. You know, you're talking about even a year trajectory for me was fast, but man, I worked a lot and I called on everyone I knew and I did it in the way that I knew was going to get me there the fastest. Right. I went high ticket coaching one-on-one. I minimized my expenses and I went out there and I talked to everyone I knew. And that's what I did. And it worked for me, right? So I took the path of least resistance to get to the goal. And so, you know, people cause a lot of roadblocks for themselves with self-doubt and uncertainty. And just like you said, certainty and clarity is key. It's the first step to manifestation. Yeah, I'm getting goosebump (laughs) talking about this. I know it sounds really woo-woo. I'm sorry if some of the listeners are like, like, why are we talking about all this? But I I do, because I've experienced it myself and I do feel the difference. Like I think a lot of times, the same thing with working with students now, like working with stagers, a lot of it is really, you have to decide what you want for your business. Like, do you want a big business with warehouse and a team and the fleet of trucks? I mean, there are stagers out there making that happen and they're really happy doing that. But there are also stagers who are really happy not achieving a seven figure or even a six figure. They're just happy that they have enough projects every single month and they can bring home an income that help to support their families. And so they have more time with their children and that's it. Some people are very happy with it. So you have to decide what you want. And then so that you know what that looks like. If you want a big business with a 10,000 square feet warehouse or 20,000 square feet warehouse, you know what that looks like now. That's what you want. You want a 20,000 square feet warehouse. So you will make the actions, you would create strategies to make that happen. But it's really difficult when you're like, "Mm, I don't know what I want. And it does take a little bit of time to figure it out. And you're right, because this comes up in the previous podcast as well. It's kind of funny how once we start a business, all of a sudden we need to know everything. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. That really trips people up. And you said something really important. It's like, you got to give yourself permission first to know what you want and also to be okay with what you want. 
you just like you said with your dad's business, you you were modeling it after his, and then you realize like, oh, that's not actually what I want. And and that makes sense. That's like the developmental process where we model after the people in our lives because that's the model of success we have, or even just the model of living or lifestyle that we have. And so you got to start to play with ideas around like, what if I did it differently? And and get to know yourself. And and exactly you're saying, I love to help people reverse engineer from the place of what they truly want. And so it's that vision-based work where you go like, if I had a, I love this question. People could write this one down. If I had a billion dollars, what would I do with my time? Not what would you do with the money? What would I do with my time? And that gives you clues about how you would actually like to design your day or your business. And, you know, I love to help people create zone of genius businesses where they feel like they go to work and work is play. So they never feel like they're working. And so, you know, reverse engineer from that place. It might be just like you said, that your business is giving you supplemental income to go on vacations. Know that in the way that you develop it. Maybe you want an empire and you want to have a franchise all over the world. Awesome. Know that and go for that. That's not going to take one year. Know that too. (laughs) You know, and so it's like you want to reverse engineer from that place. And if you don't know yet, go with what you know first and let that grow and it'll keep showing you the way. Don't don't freak out that you have to know every step of the way or you have to know the whole big picture. Just start with what you do know with certainty and say, okay, I like the creativity of this business. I want to test it out with these kind of clients and see if it's fun. And then if it's not fun for you working with that client, work with a different type. And then if it's not fun for you to do certain aspects, delegate that part and just play and experiment. So it's like, it's this permission to be more playful in the process when you start and get to know yourself and give yourself some time to cultivate self-love and self-awareness in your business. And, and we, or we could even say a branding identity and just play with that and let that grow. And then that way you're creating a business that magnetizes more of what you want instead of creating the prison and the overwhelm. Right. I do think though, as service-based business owners, a lot of times we do operate from scarcity because for service-based business, it's kind of feast or famine, right? There are going to be peak season. There are going to be slow season. I think staging, especially, I think typically when I was staging actively, we were busy seven months out of 12. And so during the down season, I really had to find the money because, you know, we still got people working in the background. They still need to get paid. Just because it's slow doesn't mean that they can just be like, that's cool, Cindy. I'll just take a case of beer and be good with it. <laughs> I'll feed my family with beer. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Or goodwill, you know? No, they yeah. need they need money. They need a paycheck. So how can we operate from scarcity to abundance when it comes to money and resources and clients as well? Well, it's so important what you said, because scarcity is a mindset because it's really easy to project. If you know already in your industry that there are certain months of downtime, plan for it. Now you don't have to have any scarcity. The problem is people neglect to plan and then all of a sudden they go, there's not enough. But we could have known that those four months were going to be downtime and we could have saved and planned for it. Right. So it's actually just a mindset of scarcity instead of a mindset of Ooh, let's create a business where I'm a CEO of my company and I plan and project into the future and forecast. That's that's the simplest fix, right? It's kind of like this concept. I always think it's funny when people have emergency funds. I teach people to have money magnet accounts, not emergency funds, because if you create an emergency fund, you're attracting an emergency to take the money away. Right. When you track a money, create a money magnet account, you're creating an account to attract more money to you. And so it's it's the same concept where you go like you pretend you don't know that those four months are going to come. But that's unrealistic. If that's a common pattern in your industry, 
plan for it. Create a money magnet account where you put a certain percentage of every deal in there, knowing that those four months are coming. And then when they come, it's not an emergency. There's no famine. It's always stable. So you always want to be thinking, how do I create stability in my mindset, in my emotions, in my actual productive activities, in my savings account, in my financial picture, you know, and then you don't have a mindset of scarcity. You have a poised, balanced mindset. That makes that's sense. a great strategy. Yeah, no, that's a great strategy. And in your experiences, what are some of the practical strategies or mindset shifts business owners can adopt to overcome financial setbacks or challenges during the scaling process? Because as we know, there are going to be challenges that come up when you're growing your business. Yeah, the best thing you can do is create a money magnet account. Always start with that mindset in mind where you know you know with certainty that there's going to be ups and downs in a business. There's that is just it's an impossibility not to have that. And so you always want to be creating that security of of knowing that money's there for you. And the cool thing is that everyone I teach to have a money magnet account, including myself, once you create that, it grows and grows and grows and grows and grows. And then you don't have those emergency, those, you know, quote unquote emergencies. You don't have the feast or famine cycles. You can stay stable. And so you've got to treat your business like a business. It's not a hobby. It's not, you know, it's, it's, it treat it seriously. Money attracts to those who love it, appreciate it, and are responsible with it. So when you're managing your business, appreciate the money by paying attention to it instead of avoiding it and pretending it's not there because you're freaked out about it. Right. Right. And we're coming up to the end of our show. So what would be your number one tip for our stagers who want to develop a healthy money mindset and achieve sustainable business growth? I would say if they can fully abide by my philosophy of if you're remembering this quote, your outer world is a reflection of your inner world. If you don't like what you're getting on the outside, you've got to change what's within, choose to change what's within. And so, you know, the number one practice that I highly recommend every person on the planet, especially business owners to do is have a morning routine that sets you up for success. And includes money mindset work or just mindset work, you know, it doesn't necessarily have to be money work, but it's like self-improvement work, getting to know yourself, getting to know your zone of genius, getting to understand your unconscious blocks, getting to understand how to optimize your time, optimizing your relationships, optimizing your health, like be the master of yourself. And then your business will follow because your business is a reflection of your inner world. It's a reflection of your thoughts. It's the reflection of the way you treat yourself. So it's the number one tip that I recommend for everybody to follow. Love it. Thank you so much for being on the show today. This was amazing. You're welcome. It was great. Thanks for having me on. So that's it for today's show. Thank you so much for listening. If you want to help and support the show, you can leave a review and rating on iTunes. You can share the show on social media. If you haven't left a review on iTunes, please do so. This will help us grow the show and book more guests. If you have any questions, feedback, and suggestions, you can comment on the show notes. You can also find the show notes by going to stagemore.com slash podcast. That's it. Have a fantastic week and happy staging.